Well, hello, race fans. Welcome to another edition of the eCardingNews.com debrief, episode number 28, July 18th, 2018. My name is Rob Howden, joined, as always, uh, by the managing editor of eCardingNews.com, David Cole. The event in question, the WKA Manufacturers Cup Series event at Concept Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois. David Cole, of course, uh, trackside for that event, working with Eric Brennan on the mic uh, to keep that Manufacturers Cup rolling towards the season finale. This week's show, presented by the Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. This unparalleled ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition, beginning with USF 2000 and progressing through Pro Mazda and Indy Lights. Along the way, each series champion receives a scholarship to race at the next level. In 2018, in cooperation with Mazda, the series will award over $3 million in cash, awards, and scholarships. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice, the Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. All right, David Cole, jumping into the overview. WK Manufacturers Cup, you trekked up to Concept Hauler Speedway, those of us around for many, many years. Norway, uh, Illinois. Uh, talk about this a little bit. It's kind of cool to see the Man Cup head back to a track that I've been, I was at many times in the, in the 90s and, and early 2000s. And, man, I always loved that track. It just seemed like it had this super cool racing layout. Well, for those who weren't in the sport in the 90s and early 2000s, we didn't have like mecha karting facilities. It's like kind of like what we do uh, today with, say, Speed Sports and GoPro and Newcastle and other facilities like that. So karting was at its grassroots facilities. uh, And Norway is one of those. So it's good to have WK going back to Norway. It's been since 2012 since the program had been there. Uh, it's a very challenging circuit that a lot, like you said, a lot of the big series, you got Constructors Cup, you have Scusa Promoto Tour before its current form. You have Stars of Karting was there. Uh, lots of different major karting programs uh, went to Norway and it was it was kind of the, the Midwest place everybody went to. There was no Newcastle at the time. So Nor- <laughs> Norway was kind of the place to go to and it's a very challenging course that uh, I think pretty much all the drivers enjoyed this weekend. It's funny you say that, David, because you go back. I, I'm, I just think back looking at the schedule of, let's say, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour in 99. And, yeah, th- there wasn't the Newcastle, the GoPro, the Speed Sports. We went to Phoenix, Pat's Acres, South Bend. Uh, I don't know if we went to Norway the first year. Oklahoma Motorsports Park was like our biggest place. Now, that was the newest track that was built. Uh, great, you know, great layout. And you're right. Norway at that po- at that point was one of those just those cornerstone great racetracks with an, an awesome layout that just like you said was it's just very very challenging. Yeah, and it's easy to get to. It's it's kind of just north of uh, Interstate 80. So if you're flying in, you fly into Chicago, you drive an hour, you're at the racetrack. You know, if, you, if you're on the road coming from the west, you know, you just head on I-80 and, you're, and you get there. Coming from the east, you kind of got to get around that Chicago traffic that's a pain in the ass, but uh, it's it's not far. So, uh, yeah, it, that place, like you said, MRP was another place that a lot of a lot of programs went to. So uh, they, they, they were the cornerstones of Midwest karting for a long, long time. So heading into this event, uh, interesting that, you know, I'm sure there was a bunch of guys that have run Norway before, some of the older guys. 
but you'd have to expect some of the younger guys, young, younger drivers, girls and guys in the series, probably never been to Norway before. Well, yeah. I mean, the last time we were there was 2012. So that's the last time a major karting program has been there. Obviously, Route 66, a regional program has been there. You have your cup carts, uh, four cycle program. They've been there. But, but, but think about it. Since 2012, WK hasn't been there. Think of all the number of racers that are now racing WK that have never been there. It, so, you know, kid cards, they weren't even born yet. You know, you're talking, we're talking <laughs> right. six years. Some right. of them might not have been born yet. So, um, That's uh, you know, a lot of these cadet drivers, they'd never been there. A lot of the junior drivers, I don't think any of them other than those in the Midwest had never been there before. So it's, it's good to throw a different challenge at some of these racers who are used to the same old, same old. And, you know, and overall they, they liked it. There was a lot of praises for the layout. Um, so it was, it was good to see. I think you've got to give some props to the WK for kind of bobbing and weaving. And, you know, the event was initially set to go for New Jersey Motorsports Park, I believe. Uh, input from the industry, from drivers, were that they weren't going to make the trek all the way to New Jersey. Uh, look at the drivers and where the core base is. Where can we move it to to, to, to get better participation? They elect to go to Norway. Uh, you know, that's obviously something, Dave, I think was probably, we should we should obviously mention the fact that WK did have to kind of make a, Kind of bit of a, a course correction uh, midway through the year. They did. Um, they decided to go six events this year. New Jersey was going to be the fourth. Uh, certain circumstances per, uh, did not allow for that to happen, so they elected to move to Norway. Um, and again, it's it's a track that has supported WK for a very very long time. Uh, Les Fink has been a longtime supporter of WK, so it was kind of you know it was a good. Uh, lateral move to to support a track that's been supporting the organization and to provide a, a unique, different challenge for for racers in the program. It tossed a bit of fuel on the fun factor, which I liked uh, with the return of the Throwdown event, a, a race that uh, I know you and I, when when they first brought it out, thought was pretty damn cool, and, and, and they brought it back. The Throwdown, very very cool. Yeah, this this time they they uh, used the Throwdown in the KA100 Senior Division. Uh, but previously, it was used in KPV, and most of the time, it's been used in Yamaha Can, uh, it, either a Route 66 race or Midwest Sprint Series, possibly back in 2009 when it first started, or even a club race. Uh, it's been at Norway, it's been at Badger, it's been at Road America, so a bunch of different tracks and a bunch of different drivers have been able to win the coveted sword that is the uh, ceremonial trophy that's nearly as tall as me uh, that has the uh, winners engraved on it, including Soraki, uh, Shinya Mashini, Jimmy Clark, Joel Jens, Kyle Kalish, and the re- most recent winner in 2016, Killian uh, Kevney. Uh, I love it. You know, it's, you know, we talk a lot, David, about different trophies that are kind of iconic in the sport, whether it's the Duffy, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And to be able to, I, this one obviously doesn't have near that kind of panache, but they're working on it. It's a cool factor. And I think if you're a guy, if you're, if you're a two cycle guy in the Midwest, damn straight, you want to win the throwdown. You want to have your name on that I, sword, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's the Midwest racers who kind of have an eye on it, wanting to be, you know, it's another notch in the, in the belt, you yeah. know, to have, to have your name on certain trophies and, and again, you know, there's a lot of racers that couldn't make it there, but were kind of, you know, envious of those who were racing for it, you know, wanted to be there doing it. Uh, so, you know, and 
And a lot of the kids in, you know, cadet classes and stuff thought the trophy was probably the coolest thing they ever seen. So, <laughs> you know, who, who wanted to have, who wouldn't want to have a sword like that? Come on. Right. So, okay, let's, let's jump in and talk a bit about, uh, about numbers. You know, I think already people on social media know that uh, the numbers weren't massive. They weren't fantastic at all. There's, I don't know what you say. There's obviously a lot of racing going on, David, right now. I know that they had a, a, a discounted entry fee for Yamaha which was trying to boost that category a little bit. But talk a bit about the numbers. Give us your thoughts on, on why they were fairly low. I think we only had a couple of classes into double digits. That's, that's obviously tough, and it's indicative of the times. But give us your thoughts. Give us some input here on, on this episode of The Debrief as we talk about the Man Cup race at Norway. Well, I'll begin with a positive and say that the, the discounted entry fee did help the Yamaha divisions because I think this is, other aside from Daytona, this is the best numbers we saw for senior, which had seven and six in sportsman. So it kind of helped there bringing in, uh, you know, when I say more, I'm, I'm talking maybe two to three to four more. Yeah. So in a sense it, it helped. Uh, but again, as you, as you said, if you, if you were on race monitor this weekend, uh, you had to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to find the end of the number of races that were going on this weekend. I mean, we're talking, Club races at Badger, at Newcastle, at OVKA. Uh, you had the cup carts racing at Road America. So let alone within four hours of this race, you probably had uh, six races going on. So again, it, 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 it doesn't help allow these club racers who are at the track nearly three times a month for a club program to get away and go race a WKA race that's in the middle of July when everything is just going on, not to mention all the different vacations going on. And so they, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm trying to say there's just too much racing going on and not enough downtime for people to be able to go to races. Yeah, or, or downtime just not to be able to go to races as well. You know, Like you said, if people are having to choose, pick and choose races, they're going to skip so they can have a family vacation. That's tough. And I think you know, th- this is another topic for another podcast when you and I sit down and actually discuss a, a particular topic and a, a particular, um, you know, storyline that we want to kind of look at, look over because the bottom line is everybody's focused on their own program nowadays. And that's, I think, a little bit of the issue, right? These All these clubs that are running 13 to 15 to 17 races a year, to me, that's just ridiculous. I understand that your club guys want to race, but it's, in my mind, it's hurting the sport overall because even though we need to have a, a very strong foundation, you and I discuss how having those strong clubs is key. You have to give, I think you have to give your club drivers an opportunity to challenge themselves and go run a regional race every once in a while to just to, to, to travel out and do something different. If they're staying at the club race every weekend, they're eventually going to potentially get bored with it and go somewhere else and do something different. Or, or go somewhere else. Sport in general. Do something different. Or leave, as I'm saying, do something different. They're going to go play soccer. They're going to buy a boat, whatever it may be. Um, I think that well, I want. I do want to do a podcast on this because I think it's a discussion we need to have some people come in and talk about. Uh, but again, perfect example, David, as you said, you listed, I think, what, seven or eight series within four or five hours of Norway that were having races at the same time. It's, it's, it's so hard to have any kind of a national slash regional uh, when you're up against club racers who just can't travel because they're already locked into their own, their own schedule. Well, let's add in that uh, battle of the brickyard was the weekend before mm-hmm. the weekend before that uh, we had the route 66 race at road America. 
this upcoming weekend, we have a Route 66 race at MRP. The weekend after that, we have USPKS. Two weeks after that is Supercart Summer Nationals, uh, plus the race at uh, Elkhart, the Grand Elkhart Grand Prix. So yep. there's just too much racing right now going on between June and July, and that is going to equate into lower numbers at these travel programs. Interesting. You and I have to sit down over a, a couple glasses of rum and coke to figure that one out. I think, bud. I'm 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 <laughs> hopefully hopefully penning up something tomorrow for a column next week. So yes, I like to hear that. All right, David Cole working on uh, from the editor's desk, folks. Uh, there you go. David gave us some of the the rundown here. Essentially, seven or eight drivers in, major- in the majority of the categories. Mini had seven. Iami Senior had only seven drivers. That's tough. Top categories: Iami Junior with eleven, Ka one hundred with eleven. Kid cart with nine. Again, it's pretty much single digit across the line. And, and again, not, not the kind of thing that shows momentum for WK Manufacturers Cup. But David, the funny thing is, they got a race coming down the line at Newcastle Motorsports Park, and they'll probably have 150 well, entries again. It's, it's going to be challenging because it's during the month of September. So kids are going to be in school again. Yeah. So it, we'll see what happens. It's going to be over 100. It's just a matter of how much over 100. All right, folks, stick with us. More to come after this break. David's going to go into the paddock pass. He'll give us some information on what's going on uh, in the paddock, what he kind of picked up, uh, chat with everybody uh, pit side, and before we jump into the race reports uh, later on in the show. Again, thank you for joining us. Stay with us. We're back. Episode 28 of the EKN Debrief. Are you ready to get the 2018 season started? If you're like us, we're ready to get out of the snow and back to the track. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry. With over 50 years of combined karting experience, we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, from providing a helping hand at a weekday test outing or a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2018, we'll be attending the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Karting Series. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com Welcome back to our newest episode of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole discussing the recent WK Manufacturers Cup Series race at Concepts Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois. Jumping now into the Paddock Pass presented today by K1 Race Gear. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and professional alike. Visit k1racegear.com today and get everything you need for your next karting outing. All right, David, uh, you obviously spent time trackside uh, throughout the weekend in the booth uh, handling the broadcast. I know you had the camera out there snapping pics. Great, great photos as always. Um, hanging around with uh, Eric Brennan doing the play-by-play. 
But in your time within the paddock, talking to the team owners, drivers, families, what uh, what'd you dig up? Well, again, like I said, uh, just being there, a new facility for a lot of these people, it was great to be there. They enjoyed their time there. Uh, the track was a challenging surface uh, circuit plus a surface. Um, the, the, the way the track's laid out, it has a lot of different unique aspects. Obviously, the Monza was a big uh, favorite. Also, the tunnel corner where uh, you go over the tunnel. Uh, so Love those that corner. Two, those, exactly. Those two areas were, were uh, uh, racers' favorites. The track surface itself, that's always kind of been a question over the last, I'd say, probably at least decade. Um, some of the areas were ground down. So again, it was, it wasn't that it was rough. It's just, I think a lot of the corners had a lot of G load to them. Uh, but it's the type of surface that I, that I noticed just walking the track. Um, it, it just looked like it was like 50 grit sandpaper where, you know, say road America could be a 200 grit where it's completely brand new, super smooth. You know, you get that fine, nice, you know, surface to it. Where this just has just it's it's just gouges here and there of, I mean it's not gouges but it's just like holes in the it, it's just the 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 pavement itself is not completely connected, um, but there's not you know there's not big massive bumps, there's not big massive gaps in the surface. It's just it's like a, a rough sandpaper really because it's it's ground it's grounding it's getting those tires every corner every corner. Um, in the curbs, obviously the curbs were stay off the curbs. Um, they were massive curbs there on the exit points. Uh, if you hit them, um, people were wondering what's going to happen with pushback bumpers. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely a challenging track and there were, so there's a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of room for errors in, in different areas of the racetrack with the, with the curbs, the way the, 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 the surface is with the grittiness of it. Uh, it's very challenging overall. Nice. Um, I know that one of the cool things I saw online was the fact that Nitro Kart uh, coming out with their new kid kart chassis, uh, which I thought, you know, I, I love seeing that kind of thing. Uh, of course, Nick Tucker and the crew kind of expanding what they're doing. I believe they just, just I think they just had their kid camp. I you know the camp they do every, every summer. Um, their kart camp, rather. Uh, talk about this, the launch of this kid kart. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you probably had a good look at it. Yeah, we uh, we've been talking. I've been talking with Nick about this. Uh, he said it was in the works. Uh, you know, it wasn't. There was a question of when it would finally get here and be ready to go. Uh, so this was kind of the de- debut of it. Like you said, they had their uh, their cart camp. Uh, I believe it was the weekend before Fourth of July down at Kershaw. So he said he had twenty six drivers down there, not just not just cadet drivers, but also junior drivers and those you know just those looking to to get improvement and, and, and get better as a driver. So there's a lot of stuff going on with nitro cart, you know, the kid cart chassis, you know, it's a kid cart chassis. There's really not much you can do to it to make it unique and, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, it's, you know, stand out above the other. So it's just, it's another great uh, um, program line that he has. He can take kids from kid carts and go directly into uh, the nitro cart cadet chassis and then, and then expand from there. You know, as we said, he has the, he has the partnership with Fullerton. So that kind of handles their, their junior senior master's program where they're working kind of hand in hand with that. So overall, you know, kid, you know, nitro cart, Nick Tucker, they kind of have their, uh, their program from kid carts all the way up to the old guys. 
Yeah, it's really it's a logical extension, right, of what they've done. They they, they came in you know, focused on the cadet program. Nick loves uh, working with the kids and, and developing the young drivers to work up the ranks. Yeah, you move to you move to kid carts. You know, it, it's a again, it's very logical. Get down there. The guys are down there having some fun. Here's a cart. You can stay with the whole program. Like you said, pretty basic chassis. Um, there's not like there's four torsion bars or something crazy in it, right? It's 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 a kid cart. Let the kids guys go out and have eighty fun. Eighty different have ride height positions, fun. right? <laughs> That's right. Wheel, uh, yeah, yeah. Wheel, uh, what do you call it? wheelbase yeah. options uh, for sure? Yeah, sixteen different <laughs> seats depending on you know, on uh, stiffness. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyways, good to see them do that. I like the extension. I like that they continue to grow. And happy to hear that the uh, the cart camp went well again here in 2018. Uh, what else you got, David? Um, anything else that happened in the paddock that kind of caught your eye? Well, at the end of the the weekend, um, they had a drawing for an IAMI uh, international final ticket. Uh, IAMI USA proposed, put up uh, at the beginning of the year a little incentive for winners in the mini swift, junior, and senior categories. Uh, for the GoPro Pittsburgh and Norway events. So any anybody who was able to win at those races in those three categories were put into a hat, but they had to race at all three weekends. So it couldn't you, you couldn't just go to one weekend and get your name in the hat. Um, yep. So all you know there's probably about uh, 10 different racers who were able to do that in those three categories. And uh, Brent Cruz was the name actually drawn, the mini Swift driver. Uh, his name was drawn. Uh, and then they did a backup driver, uh, junior driver, Josh Green, uh, because Brent actually already has a ticket, I believe, through Supercarts USA. So that's why they did the backup. And we're still kind of waiting to see uh, the confirmation from both WK and Scusa on an IME USA East on uh, that prize being awarded. So I'm most likely going to be going to Josh Green, I believe, on that. What I like to, to see, David, is the fact that there's going to be a pretty solid North American contingent running at the IAMI International Final this year, which I think would be great. Obviously, the IAMI program growing significantly on the WKA, USPKS, and, of course, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and their uh, assorted uh, Pro Kart Challenge Series. It's going to be fun to see how many drivers are over there this year. You know, I, I, obviously a big win last year for the USA. Uh, I'm just I'm jacked that there's going to be lots of guys there this year. It, it, it just seems to be increasing yeah. uh, year after year the number of drivers that are going there to uh, to represent not only USA, but the programs they race in. So it's an exciting time for uh, the, the month of October to be able to watch those guys race over there. That's it for the Paddock Pass here on this edition of the EKN Debris. After this break, David's going to come back. We're going to start working our way through uh, class by class. It's the race report here on the Debris. Stay with us. Introducing ePartrade, electronic performance and racing trade. ePartrade is the revolutionary new web-based trade-only product sourcing platform that works 24-7 to connect performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. Find new products and technologies all year long, accessible everywhere, from anywhere, 24-7. ePartrade is the only product sourcing platform as innovative and fast-paced as the racing market itself. ePartrade is the fastest, most efficient, and cost-effective way to introduce new parts and services to the worldwide racing trade while they're red-hot, allowing builders, race teams, retailers, engineers, and other verified racing businesses to access them from anywhere in the world, day or night. 
the world is changing, and we're changing with it. Welcome to the future. ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Visit us at www.epartrade.com or you can reach us at 323-870-9300. History, success, family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 28, July 18th, our recording date. David Cole uh, giving me the full lowdown from the WK Manufacturers Cup Series event at Concept Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois. Again, this uh, week's show brought to you by the Mazda Road to Indy. And, of course, jumping into the race report now, David's going to rock and roll his way through all the categories that were on track in Norway. Uh, This race report this week brought to you by Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. All right, David Cole, let's jump into it. Let's go straight throw down. Uh, Let's start with the KA100 senior category. Well, as you said, the throwdown is back. It's reborn. It's come back. This time, it was the first time ever with the K100 Senior Package as the uh, featured uh, category for this, presented by Franklin Motorsports. Saturday, uh, IME USA East threw in some cash prizes because the throwdown was set for Sunday. So that was a little bit of an enticement on Saturday. That time, it went to Michael Geringer uh, defending his home track against Josh Holtz and Dakota Pesic. Uh, Geringer able to hold off those two drivers. And Sunday for the sword, it ended up being Hotz that just drove away from the field in the main event to take the honor of the victory. Uh, he was able to get away from Pesic and Geringer uh, in the final as those three drivers were the class of the field all weekend long. Yeah, new winner for the sword, too. They're, they're jamming some names on there. Yes, a lot. Yeah, Jamie was very, he's very proud of the sword, lots of different names on there. So to be able to add another new winner uh, is very cool. He was actually. The oldest driver in the field, uh, they IME USA threw a, threw a couple contingency uh, prize packages on Saturday. 
So Jamie was calling it the appearance fee for him to race there that weekend. <laughs> well, you know, Jamie Siraki, 29 years of age and holding, right? Yeah, somewhere around there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, let's, is, uh, let's is, go to... Is he the, right, is I'll he let you the go. new Alan Rudolph? What? Oh, I knew you were going to go there. I mean, he doesn't quite have the hair. Well, it's it's he's got lots of it, though. It's he's not like got, he's losing he's it at all. He's not losing you know? hair. He does no, kind of no. roam around like he's a little bit older, though, because he does have a bad back. But um, yeah, I don't. I I no, I can't see him being the the twenty nine and holding as Alan Rudolph is now. No, no. All right. Well, that's I like. We can we can throw that out there every once in a while, though. <laughs> Find out if he likes yeah, it or not. Maybe he's the he Alan Rudolph of Wisconsin. How about that? If he if he doesn't like being called the Alan, new Alan Rudolph, then that's okay. what we'll call him. But if he does, if he does, we won't bother. If he likes that's it, we won't point. bother. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Miami Senior. How about that category? Uh, again, a small field, uh, but very competitive up front. Uh, Austin Garrison was able to fight off Colin Neal and Elliot Budzinski uh, both days. Uh, Neal ended up running second uh, with Budzinski third in both main events. You know, again, they kind of kept Austin Garrison honest uh, all weekend long. Uh, but uh, Garrison just proved to be too good on the Fullerton, extending his point lead as well, too. So that's uh, that's it was definitely a, a good weekend for him overall. Good weekend for the Fullerton, obviously, too. Uh, David, one of the bigger categories on the weekend, uh, 11 drivers in Miami Jr. Yeah, again, the, the junior categories, again, seem to be the best racing we see uh in wk competition uh this weekend uh we had a double winner in Miami junior uh jeremy fairburn was able to double up on the weekend uh saturday he came back from a dnf in heat two after a flat tire uh started fifth to be based on the uh the points over the two heat races so he was he started fifth in the in the main and was able to work his way up to the front and score his first wk victory of 2018 Nice. Uh, Connor Ferris was second with, uh, Caden Worf joining them on the podium Sunday. W- pretty solid, pretty, pretty solid competition, David. Like there's like, I, I know that I know there's only 11 guys, but you know, those, those right there are just three guys that you, you would expect to see up front at any major well, event. Right? Again, uh, throughout the, throughout the entire weekend, um, you have very stout competition, Again, it just wasn't in the numbers that we're used to seeing. So yep. every category had very strong drivers uh, competing for the victory. It wasn't like it was a pushover uh, weekend for anybody involved. Uh, you yep. definitely had to be on top of your game in order to win, as it is with any other weekend you go to to a race. So, um, yeah. But again, um, but Fairburn was able to come back on Sunday from another DNF recording in the pre-final starting 10th in the field was able to charge his way through just was super quick down the straightaway and was able to take over the lead and drive to victory uh, championship leader josh green ended up held on for second over matthew dunkovich uh, who grabbed his second podium of 2018 yeah fairburn seems to be uh, just continuing his kind of growth and development you know he's got the confidence he's winning some races well a lot of races actually but it seems to be like you know, there's just, there's momentum there. There's that, there's that level of confidence that when he, I think when he gets into, you know, gets into any race, gets behind the wheel, he know he knows he's got a shot at the race win. That, I think that, uh, that's such a valuable, a valuable thing to have for a driver, that confidence and that belief in yourself. Well, he's got, he has, almost has Ben Mayer momentum going because that's four, <laughs> it's four wins and four races. If you count, uh, the two races he won at USPKS. So there you go. Uh, it's, it's pretty solid for him right now. 
All right, let's move on to the, the – we'll go mini Swift and micro Swift. Give us the update on how things went uh, for championship leader Brent Cruz. Well, Brent Cruz, the Nitro driver, used a last lap pass to secure victory on Saturday. Uh, Cruz ended up edging out Jeremy Fletcher for the win with Danny Dazelski taking his first podium of 2018 after uh, moving up to the mini ranks in uh, Pittsburgh. So uh, Danny's definitely jumping up, jump, jumping in quickly with, uh, with the move from micro to mini uh, in the last couple weekends. Uh, Cruz and Fletcher, they uh, fought it out for the win again on Sunday. A crazy kind of last lap, last couple of corners where the two made contact. Sitting right there in third was Annie Rule. Annie Rule was able to slip past for the lead and uh, grab the checkered flag, earning her first victory of 2018 in the category. Uh, during, after the contact, Fletcher was able to hold on for second with uh, Thomas Annunciato, or Annunciata uh, coming up for third with Cruz ending up dropping back to fifth. So, David, let, let me ask you a question. G- give me your thoughts on Annie Rule. Uh, is this like the second coming of Ashley Rojero? Do we have a uh, – you know what? In watching her drive, I've, I've, I've kind of watched her develop a little bit. I know you have, obviously, as well. She's she's winning races and running up front as uh, – are we seeing the, the emergence of another pretty stout uh, young female driver, maybe actually following in the footsteps of Hannah Greenmeyer as well? You know, we've got some really good young female drivers uh, running at the national regional level right now. Yeah, um, at the WK race last year in October at, uh, at GoPro, we had three different female drivers in the three different categories, senior, junior, and, uh, and cadet. Annie Rule was a cadet driver. Uh, Gray Ledbetter was the junior driver, and Ashley Rogero was a senior driver. So, uh, those definitely are kind of the leaders, along with Hannah, I would say, uh, in in the female ranks in karting right now today in North America. Uh, there's another female uh, that won at one of the Rock races, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name now. I can't think of it. Uh, races with uh, Monteith. Anytime you, anytime you're trying to remember a name. That's what you, you won't be able to remember. Oh, I'm not going to remember right? it. Emma, Don't even Emma something. See? Emma Deletra. There it is. I knew if I knew the first name out, you'd get it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so right. there's she won, she won one of the rock again, races. You're right. I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably a hundred female drivers across the country that are probably just as good, or you know, just uh, haven't quite gone into the national spotlight as some of these drivers have. So you know, definitely. You know, the female driver is here and continues to get better and better and better. Let's, uh, you know, let's take that time, David, because that's always something cool for us to focus on in the sport. If you have a female driver, if your daughter is out there racing and she's doing great, she's a badass, send us an email, give us some information. Maybe we'll put together a little article to see uh, how many young ladies are out there driving hard. Send an email to newsdesk at ecartingnews.com. And David and I will look at that. I, that sounds like a good article to me coming forward. I dig it. All right, David, you had mentioned the Ben Mayer show and what he's been, what Ben's been doing in terms of winning essentially at least one race every weekend. Um, hazard? Do I hazard a guess that he was able to win at Norway? I think the fair bet was to say he would win. Yeah, yeah. Ben Mayer, he jumped back on the winning wagon again. Pittsburgh, he went winless. It was his first time. In 2018, wow. that he went winless, yep. uh, having at least win, winning one main event on a weekend. This time, he decided to double up. Saturday was a four-second victory over uh, Ayrton Grimm and Cameron Myers, each grabbing their first podiums of the season. Uh, Mayer's advantage grew to six seconds in the final on Sunday. Miles Murray was runner-up, earning his first podium 
2018, while Grimm ended up third on Sunday for a double podium weekend for him. So it was definitely a great weekend for Grimm, but a great bounce back for Mayer. And, you know, again, good weekends for Myers and uh, Murray. A lot of tremendous talent right now out there, ladies and gentlemen, in the club, regional, national level. Of course, Ben Mayer, definitely uh, a kid to watch. Brent Cruz, Jeremy Fairburn, as David said, uh, some young kids come up the ranks. Super strong. All right, we've got, what, uh, four more classes for David to to give us reports on here in this uh, 28th edition uh, of the EKN Debrief. Man, we're knocking the podcasts off. We hope that you guys enjoy them. Uh, Do us a favor. When you're on iTunes, go to iTunes, like us, uh, you know, make sure you you leave a comment. We need to rate iTunes for us. And if you haven't yet downloaded the uh, EKN radio app, you can do that as well from Google Play and the App Store. Again, the EKN radio app, download it for your mobile device. Stay with us. More to come. We will wrap up the race report presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy after this break. Cartlift has been designing, engineering, and building innovative cart stands since 2003. Our flagship model Winchlift LT is the motorized workhorse of our cart stand lineup and should be the foundation of your karting program. When it comes to test days or race days, the Winchlift is an invaluable tool that allows you to head to the track to test and tune anytime, knowing that your cart will easily be lifted with the press of a button. Add our innovative winch stacker, and now you can double stack two carts on top of a folded down winch lift, saving space in your trailer or garage. If a lifting cart stand isn't for you, then one of our traditional folding scissor stands, double or triple stacker stands, or upright stand should fill the need. Every one of our cart stands features flat free wheels and casters and a durable powder coat finish. Check out our full stand lineup as well as our chassis skid plates tire changers, and accessories at cartlift.com. That's www.cartlift.com. Welcome back, folks. We're well past the halfway point uh, of this particular edition of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us the lowdown on the recent WEK Manufacturers Cup Series race at Concept Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois. Again, this particular show brought to you by the Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Uh, David. Let's continue with the race report. Uh, what four more classes still to go? We got to talk Yamaha Senior and Junior, Yamaha Sportsman, and Kid Cart. Well, Yamaha Senior featured a new winner and a new winner who was able to double up on the weekend. Uh, Aaron O'Brien doubled up uh, in his WK de- debut for 2018 uh, Saturday or both days actually, and it was it was ironic that I used the same photo. I thought I used the same photo on Saturday and Sunday, but it was just the same spot and the same drivers in the same positions. I, I, <laughs> I, I had to double take myself. I, I almost thought I used the same photo as I did on Saturday for Sunday. Well, Dave, Dave, you are rapidly chasing wow. 40 years of age, bud. It's all downhill from here, bro. It's, you know, with the sun in one, in a position, the same, you know, same area, you're trying yeah. to find different places on the racetrack to take pictures and, ironically where I took their photo, it was a pretty good place to go because it was the one curb that the guys could go over. And so I liked, I liked seeing it. And, and obviously in the photos, it was cool to see, but, um, uh, O'Brien was able to, to beat, uh, Michael Paterno both days for the victory. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, crutch Leo was third on Saturday with Megan Perry winning the battle for the final spot on the podium for Sunday. 
Good stuff in the uh, the Yamaha senior category, as you said, uh, with the, the the kind of discount that they were able to give out. The discounted entry ended up with seven in senior, nine in junior, and six in sportsman. Let's jump to the uh, nine driver Yamaha junior class. Who uh, who stepped up big time in that one? Caden Wharf uh, had entered as a championship leader and, and made it no question that he was the guy to be in the championship, earning wins four and five of the season. Wharf actually has won every Saturday final this season, so he's won all four Saturday finals on the year. Uh, this time he was able to beat out Ian Quinn for second in second and Tyler Ferris ending up third. Sunday, Wharf just went untouched in the final, just kind of just drove away for it as they fought for second behind him. Uh, Ferris, uh, Tyler Ferris ended up winning the battle for second with Joshua Carlson, uh, a very close third. I got to go back to this this fourth straight Saturday final thing. What's what's up with Sunday for Wharf? He obviously wins at Norway, but what's up with Sunday? Is, is, is does he not does he stay up too late at night on Saturday night? Is what's going on? Like that's well, maybe maybe he celebrates the Saturday victory too hard, you know, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. But again, Daytona, too many chocolate milks. Yeah, Daytona GoPro Pittsburgh, lots of good competition there. Uh, yeah. So you know, it, again. Last year, Yamaha Junior was the category to watch. You could have you could have picked nine or ten drivers with the opportunity to win. This year, the percentages are a little bit lower on that. Uh, and then and then again, Caden's kind of just stepped up his game a little bit to to be able to win five times in in eight races, which is pretty pretty outstanding. You know, David, that plays to to a, a topic and a, and a comment that I that I make a lot about uh, young kids and parents when they're trying to move their kids forward. You know, they're always wanting to try to. I want my kid to be the youngest in whatever class, or you know, I want to move them up to junior from from mini. It's always one of the things that, that blows my mind because the, the kid will have not won yet. Maybe he's got to the point where he's top ten or running fifth or fourth, but he hasn't yet won yet. And this plays right with Caden Wharf. You said he's just getting better. You know, another another year here in the junior category. I love it when a kid gets a chance to learn how to win. And I don't care if, if you're even winning the races. I want you to be in the battle for the race win, you know, win a race here and there, but learn how to run up front, learn how to run and learn how to win races. And when, you know, when you get into your second and third year in junior, when some parents are trying to rush their kid to senior, leave the kid in junior, let them win some races, let them have, let them get built some confidence, put some race wins on the resume and learn how to run up front. Is that what happened with Danica in her professional career? Well, definitely not in a professional career. She won, she won a lot of races for no, Coyote back in the day, though, I'll tell you that. Not karting career. No, Danica <laughs> just won the one race. There's no doubt about that. Sorry. Just, I'm not you, playing you, that You card. said something, and it just kind of reminded me of that. Because, again, a lo- for me, I say it a lot for the road, to, the road to Indy. I think people try to move their drivers up too much in the road to Indy. It's the same thing for karting for me. I think you need to let let your kid win a lot of races. Or at least give them the opportunity. If, if you're career-minded you guys are having fun and you're going out and race and you're finishing fifth and you're good with it, that's awesome. You know, you're learning, you're having fun. I like giving a, giving a young driver a chance to win races before you move them up a yeah, spot. No, I would, ra- I would rather have the opportunity to that's win fine. every weekend. Definitely. Then, then yeah. And again, exactly. it, Go, you know, once, once you, once you have challenged yourself enough to where you're, you're winning without being challenged, then it's time to move up. Speaking of winning a bunch of races, let's talk about uh, Yamaha Sportsman. Yeah, six straight wins for Danny Zazowski. 
the Yamaha Sportsman, he he almost kind of has this championship kind of wrapped up a little bit with with six straight wins. And I didn't realize that until I looked at it while doing uh, the debrief. Uh, a two-time winner at GoPro, two-time winner at Pittsburgh, and then he added two wins in Norway. Um, as the Paralyn driver fought off any rule on Saturday for the victory, the gap was only 56 thousandths of a second at the line with Casey Williams a close third in his uh, 2018 WK debut. Nice. And then on Sunday, it was a close 61 thousandths of a second that separated Dzelski and Adam Maxwell at the line with Dzelski picking up the victory and rule ending up in third. I like close races like that. That's big. Um, let's talk about the the youngest drivers as part of the Manufacturers Cup with Kid Cart. Nine drivers in the Kid Cat uh, Kid Cart category at uh, at Norway. Yep, Beckham Lewis was the dominant driver on the weekend and was able to sweep both rounds. Uh, the, they were his second and third wins of the season. Saturday, Colton McQuaid and Chase Grow were on the podium while Hudson Floyd and Sam Tutwiler was joining him on the podium on Sunday. Nice, folks. There you go. That is your race report brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Big thank you to them for being big supporters of the ecardinews.com program. Of course, our EDCAN radio network, the podcast, everything. Uh, again, Alan Rudolph, a good uh, friend of the, of the organization and of David and I. Okay, bud, you and I, uh, I'd like to say that there's an end in sight. Uh, I know for me, there's not. I know you've got a bunch of races coming up. You're going to get a weekend off, which is cool. Let's have a look at the EKN trackside live race calendar, folks. If you're wondering where to go racing, we're going to give you uh, four races that are coming up in the next six weeks that we will be the trackside, either myself or David or both of us together. This particular uh, edition of the EKN trackside live race calendar presented by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsport Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to start your racing dreams. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve as their professional staff and driver training will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they complete at the local, regional, and national levels. Give them a call to get started now. They also have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest sorts for Tony Karts and OTK Parts as well as IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, David Cole, uh, I'll tell you this. I, I'm next up. I, I was at Toronto last weekend for the road to Indian IndyCar. Watched a bunch of our ex-Carters just rock and roll out there. Uh, awesome, of course, watch Hinchcliffe have a great run. Robbie Wickens, guys we've seen at the Super Nationals before. Joseph Newgarden. Uh, again, a big win for jo- uh, for Joseph. Uh, you know, it's just to be there to see all the guys that you and I have followed for the last 15 to 20 years is, is awesome. But it was warm in Toronto. It was a basic, you know, Ontario summer. 85 degrees and about 85% humidity. I'm going to change it up this coming weekend. <laughs> July the 20, 21, 22. I leave tomorrow for Texas Pro Kart Challenge. Amarillo Kart Circuit, that replica of the formula one track in istanbul turkey i'm hearing cool names the guys that are coming out to race uh, billy musgrave's coming jake french is gonna run uh, hunter pickett's coming out to run i i'm thinking that i'm even here maybe ja- uh, matt jaskell might come out, out of retirement to do some racing <laughs> david it's gonna be 102 degrees um, is it a dry heat yeah laugh it up fun boy um it's gonna be a dry heat and and one of the things about the track of course 
you know, this guy built a track because he wanted to race the shifter carts. There's no booth there. So I'm not going to be in a nice air-conditioned announcer's booth like I usually am. I'm going to be outside roasting on the spit under an easy-up. So while you're having a cold drink, sitting outside in the deck, grilling out with the family, think about me. All right? Well, you know, I'm actually going to be in the upper peninsula of Michigan this weekend. Oh, the UP then. And it's, the temperature is going to be maybe 70 degrees. So Seriously? I might have to put on some pants and some a sweatshirt. A nice warm sweater? <laughs> yes, a nice warm sweater wow. looking at waterfalls and pictured rocks. Oh, good times. <laughs> good times. So I got I to gotta ask. <laughs> now, you're going to be packing because you leave tomorrow. Yeah, I'm packing tonight. Are you bringing the EKN thong to wear outside while you're announcing? Wow. Uh, no. No, I've got a, I've got a onesie that I'm going to wear. <laughs> one piece. Dude, it's going to be a warm one for sure. Yeah. I'm going to bring a change, change of underwear, I think. I'll do like a pit stop midway through. Well, you know, again, you always complain how cold it is in Phoenix when you announce there. Now you're going to understand why everybody is just hating you. Listen, wait, listen. You can attest the booth at Phoenix – up, up top there is the coldest announcer's booth in the history of motorsports. Dude, it's like 62 degrees up but in there. You, We're but you can't complain about it because it's 110 degrees outside. That's very true. That's you very know? true. I, put, I just wear a, a, a jacket and a, a toque, toboggan slash beanie, wherever you come from in North America. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a warm one in Amarillo, Texas. I'm excited though. I think it's going to be a good turnout. I can't wait to see this racetrack. Um, I think we should race at midnight when it's cooler. <laughs> We're gonna be are they gonna, There's no lights. Are they going to let you There's drive no the two seater? Ooh, I know you. I know you won't like ride that. in it because you. You said you. Hell no. You, you said you'll get motion sickness. I understand where you come from on that because I, I get sick it. when you drive in the in the rental car. So, well, it's only because we stop and go every once in yes. a while, right? On off, on off, um, on off baby. So I think you got to do a lap around there and something. Agreed. I'll, I'll hop in something and do a lap around. I'm coming in early, I think, you know, late on Thursday, so I'll make sure I hop in behind the wheel of something on Friday. I, I would, get love, a feel for this place. I would All right, like to so, see you in Jake French's uh, suit. That would be an awesome photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. That, it's like David. No, it's no. like Andy Andy Saisman wearing David Sarah's <laughs> suit, right? <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. Oh, man, that's funny. All right. Uh, a week after that, David, you go back on the road. I'm off to mid-Ohio for the Road to Indian IndyCar race, July 27th, 28th, 29th. Um, I think I'm just going to buy you a small little, like, 12-foot trailer, like a little, little camper, and I'm going to leave it in the, the paddock at Newcastle Motorsports Park for you because are you there, what, is it is it th- four more times or three more times this year? Newcastle. I know David Cole. Uh, the weekend after I'm in Texas, he's at USPKS. Newcastle Motorsports Park for David. Uh, it's going to be a crazy one for sure. And then we're back again uh, two weeks later. We're back. We get a weekend off, actually. Back for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals at Newcastle, August 10th, 11th, 12th. Uh, and then I think we have a little bit of a break in the action after that. And then David's on track uh, September 1st and 2nd, of course, Labor Day weekend, the annual trip to the Rock Island Grand Prix. If you haven't done it. Two weeks off. If you haven't oh, done sorry. it. What's that? <laughs> I was going to say two weeks off. Yeah. 
We got two weeks off. Well, be- between uh, the yeah, summer nationals, well, and I'm sure you're somewhere, but you get two weeks off. I'm going to actually. I'm going to go out to Maddie Egger's wedding. Oh, that's right. First, and then I do Gateway for IndyCar, Indy Lights, and Pro Mazda. You get a couple weekends off with the family, and then, dude. You're back at the rock. Yes. Uh, it sounds like the hotel rooms are all sold out at the uh, Holiday Inn. So that's always a good sign. Nice. Um, they it made is. a couple announcements. You know, they're moving. They're actually moving the pre-staging over to the Jammers, uh, Jumers, Jumers. Uh, Casino. Um, yeah. They had something going on at the Sorry. Expo Center. So they weren't able to use that parking lot. So so when you get to Rock Island, say Thursday night, Friday morning, you're going to have plenty of time to go lose some more money in the casino. <laughs> so EKN Trackside Live, four races coming over the next six weeks. It'll be essentially on the mic. It'll be me and Tim Coyan. I'll be on the mic at the Texas Pro Car Challenge and, of course, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals. David, the finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. We'll see who the champions are. Tim will handle the mic at the USPKS race at Newcastle, and he'll also be on the mic in full shamazzle mode at Rock Island. <laughs> Shamazel, shamazel. You know, that's the hard part is he doesn't get to see all of them. You know, you can't see turns two, three, four, and five, only six and one. So he has to listen for the shamazel. What I've always said, though, if it's loud enough in the corner you're calling, they can't hear you anyways. Good point. So just just call the shamazel. Everybody that can't see will be excited that there is a shamazel, but the people who are actually at the shamazel or non shamazel won't even know if it's a schmozzle at all. It's a lot of schmozzles. <laughs> That's, I'm just, you know, I had to get that the full schmozzling. Anyways, Tim does a fantastic job. And I know he's, uh, he loves the fact that he's kind of got himself, you know, really situated and in, in, in part of the Rock Island Grand Prix. It was I, I did the race for 15 years. One of my favorites, of course, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, with my commitments to the road to Indy, uh, I'll be at Portland International Raceway this year. Excited to get back there. But uh, again, I'm sure Tim, Tim will do a tremendous job. All right, David, we are wrapping this thing up. Just a couple minutes to go, and we'll cap off this edition of the debrief. First of all, let's wrap up very briefly the event at Norway. I know the numbers weren't what everybody wanted. And then let's talk about 2019 for WK Manufacturers Cup, because today they actually came out with some some news of what's going to happen next year. Give us a, give us the update from Norway, then give us the, or the, the, the wrap-up from Norway, and give us your thoughts on 2019 with Man Cup. Well, again, it, it was back to grassroots track. Uh, great to be back at Norway. Uh, Les and Chad Clay and all of the people at the facility do a tremendous job making every making sure everybody feels at home. Uh, as you said, the fields were small, but it was very competitive racing up front. Uh, even though we had a couple of uh, double winners, uh, it was still very competitive. And again, the championships are getting more defined. We're seeing a lot of guys that almost have this thing locked up and maybe will after Newcastle. So with two more events, uh, counting Newcastle and then GoPro again in October, uh, we'll be able to see who leaves 2018 as WK champions. So let's move into the news that WK released uh, earlier today, 2019. Sticking with six events, I'm not a big fan of that. I think they probably should have cut down to four. But for all intents and purposes, they did because they're going to allow for two drops. Am I correct with that? It'll be two weekend drops. So there's no two longer, weekend. Yeah, yeah, there's no longer the, you can drop this final or that final. It's, it's basically an, a, the ability for drivers to choose what four races they want to go to. And those are the four races that are going to count. Now it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take away the, the opportunity for, all, for drivers to go to all six and count the best four that they have. 
So, um, you know, there's, there, there's pluses and minuses to this. Um, again, I agree with you. I think it should have been four events only. Uh, but that's not the way the organization as a whole decided to go. Uh, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with it. There's going to be people that see it as a unique opportunity to do. Uh, but I, I fear that some of the events are not going to be as well attended as like what we saw this past weekend. So uh, again, only yeah. time will tell. Uh, I, I kind of pre- predicted what would happen this season back in, in November or whenever the 2018 schedule came out. Uh, it's kind of followed to suit. Uh, I hate it. I hate to see that, but um, you know, being in the position that me and you are in, we get to see carding as a whole, not just in our, in people's own little yeah. boxes, not in a WK box, not in a USBKS box, not in a SCUSA box, not in a rock box, not in a Rotax box. We get to see carding as a whole. Yep. So, um, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm proven wrong that the next year's uh, experiment will work. Uh, but, again, uh, as, as WK, as an organization, I think it might hurt them. So, Quick, uh, quick comment, David, on, cl- on class structure for next year. Uh, you know, it's, it, I guess the KA is here. And it's, you know, as some people have said, it was written – you know, it was written to be this way, uh, that Yamaha was going to fall away. Uh, we didn't, we haven't seen the numbers support it throughout 2018 to be at the manufacturer's cup series. So I think the Yamaha category is going to be basically at clubs and regionals. And, and that's kind of just the way it is. We're getting a lot of, a lot of support manufacturer support for the K 100. The engine package seems to be working very well. Again, we're only in the second year of it, but, uh, when you look at a ticket price for the cost of that versus the maintenance cost of Yamaha's clutches and carburetors and all that other jazz, uh, you know, the K kind of seems to be winning. So that's the direction that the manufacturer cup is going to go. Uh, and then to replace the, the Yamaha sportsman, they're bringing in the 206 uh, cadet class. So um, it, it's an opportunity for some of these kid carters who don't want to buy a, a micro in, in a mini to just buy a $500 Briggs and Stratton engine and go race still. So I agree. You know what, David, the one, the one line about Yamaha is simply this. If you're an organization and I know people think it's a club and you got to do what you got to do, but you got to let the market dictate, right? You let your membership dictate the market dictate. When you go to races, Yamaha, Yamaha guys don't show up on the national circuit. Just like LO206 didn't show up on the man, man cup last year. So there's no LO206. No LO if 40 guys or 30 guys would have came last year to the LO206 class on the Manufacturer's Cup, it would be there now. The market would have, you know, the, the customers would have spoken. The market would have dictated. People aren't coming out. They're not bringing their Yamaha to Man Cup. You dump it. It's it's that easy, I, I think. And I get that Yamaha is still a great class and people love running it. But if you don't bring it to, to, to my party, I'm not going to have it at the party anymore. That's what WK can say. And it's it is what it is. They're evolving. Like you said, David, the KA is making some moves. Uh, all good stuff, buddy. We're done. We're wrapped Thank up. Thank you, Rob. Nice job. These are tough ones for you, aren't you? You have to talk <laughs> a lot during these good. ones. It was not too bad. Uh, we'll be back with another one next week. I'm going to Texas, as we said, for the Pro Car Challenge. David and I will sit down on a Tuesday, Wednesday of next week to do the debrief. I'll do most of the talking as I'll give you the update on what happened in Amarillo. But for now... We appreciate you tuning in to the EKN Radio Network. One more time, make sure you download the app 
on uh, the App Store and Google Play. Follow us on iTunes to get all the stuff here as well, all the podcasts and everything. We appreciate it. Uh, But thank you so much, folks. This has been episode number 28 of the EKN Debrief. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.